Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the I Think It's a Classic Podcast. My name is Tannis Gale, and I'm joined again by my co-host, John. John, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. Excellent, excellent. Good to hear. I am doing well as well. I'm super stoked to talk about today's album. Um, So, I I don't know. I kind of don't want to waste any time getting into it today. How about you? You just want to jump right into it? Or do you have anything... uh, that's I, I had too much go on, so I'm gonna save that for our next mini episode. But uh yeah, that we're gonna be recording. Uh, no, I, that's gonna actually gonna come out before this, but <laughs> Yeah, let's uh just save everything for the mini episode because you know, since we usually aren't good at coming up with things beforehand. <laughs> or recording them on time. <laughs> yeah. Or doing anything correctly. <laughs> I put my <laughs> shoes on my head today. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Whoopsie the, gravy. The police officer that found me on, on the side of the bridge, he thought it was hilarious. <laughs> were you going to pull right. it? Were you going to pull it's in a, it's a wonderful life? <laughs> exactly. Well shit, John, uh let's get into today's album. Um you you picked it. It was your pick, so uh why don't you tell us about it? Well, this is an album from one of my personal favorite bands. I'm uh, pretty sure they're one of your favorite bands as well. Yeah. This album is Black Lives at the Golden Coast. By the Icarus and, Line. Yes, by the Icarus Line. It came out in 2007. And yep. uh, it was produced by Michael Schmishmano. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) yeah for anyone not listening beforehand i was making fun of tanis when he told me that this was produced by michael musmano and i said that he was making up a fake last name so (laughs) now you're in on the joke (laughs) um but let's just start with you as well and uh how you got into the icarus line because mine kind of runs parallel with you with yours yeah you know i mean i think i got into the icarus line maybe the same way anyone else who is although i haven't met a lot of people who are uh i was an avid buddy head reader um because of an article i read and it was it wasn't even an article it was a little blurb um i think they were in 99 spin was trying to you know really get into this whole internet thing and and get hip to what the crazy kids were were into and i was always looking for you know websites about music to go you know read voraciously and and uh really study up on on um you know the the things that i liked musically because i had no other life outside of that um buddy head was a great fantastic uh website that you know they at the time they were running hilarious stories that were making fun of bands that i didn't like and they were also were uh they were running hilarious stories making fun of bands i loved but that was the thing about buddyhead was is that you everything that you got was going to be filled with sarcasm and hilarious jabs <laughs> yeah buddyhead buddy was really a hilarious and pretty offensive read <laughs> yes, extremely offensive. I mean, if that came out today, they'd be shut down within five minutes. They'd be um, so hashtag canceled. Yeah, it would be immediately. <laughs> um, 
And funny enough, I mean, the, the website is now defunct and, um, you know, whatever. But out of that came, um, you know, certain members involved with Buddy Head were involved with uh, the Icarus line. And at first, I wasn't too sure how I felt about the Icarus line. Um, I still am not a huge fan of the, the mono era, which is... I, I'm guessing, I, I don't think Joe Cardamone was either because none of that stuff is in print. Um, I think he kind of wants to leave that shit behind. But, you know, it, 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 there was things that were charming and interesting about it, but it took me a little while to get into. It wasn't until um, our good friend Danny had picked up a copy of Pennant Soiree um, from eBay where I went, holy fucking shit. This is incredible. When Penn and Soiree came out, that was when uh, I had moved away from Oak Harbor, where we were both living at at the time, and came to Bremerton. And um, that was something I picked up, I believe, at Singles Going Steady. Like I've mentioned, I picked up a lot of things there. I was going there with my girlfriend at the time, and I remember hearing that it came out, and I was like, I need to get that, because I can't remember what song I had heard off of it. I think it was maybe On the Lash. Yeah. But um yeah, I I really really was craving it and so yeah, I I got it and loved the hell out of it and I actually got to see them on that tour which was I still fantastic. have not seen them. <laughs> Weren't you supposed to? Uh I was going to see them. Um uh, actually, I didn't even buy tickets for it because I realized uh, pretty much right around the time that I was going to buy tickets for the show that my dad had planned a trip to come here and it worked out all the same because their stop in the Minneapolis area was uh, canceled due to low ticket sales. And that actually, while they were making their way through the area, they were on tour with uh, Scott Wayland and the uh, what Scott Wayland and the what I have rebels. No, I have no clue what is so Scott Wayland and the Wayland guys. That, we'll, that, we'll that really them. bad last tour. The poor guy went on. Yeah. Um, so Icarus line was on tour with Scott Wayland and the Wayland guys. And, um, he, uh, overdosed in his, uh, tour bus while they were in whatever the fuck town it was, uh, in Minnesota. That's, uh, I think, I think it might've been near where the, uh, mall of America is. Um, and now for some reason, even though I go to that fucking city, like Minneapolis, every- St. Paul. No, no, no. Uh, Bloomington is Bloomington. where the, the Mall of America is. Oh, okay. So he died in Bloomington, I think. Huh. Um, I, I, I'm willing to take a lot of, uh, you know, shots and criticism if I'm incorrect about that. But I'm almost 100% sure that that's where that happened. Yeah, that was really sad. Uh, I got the privilege of seeing Stone Temple Pilots years ago at a kind of mixed show, like... <laughs> They were an hour late to getting on stage, and then half the songs they did, it was like, oh, hell yeah, they're nailing it, and Little Kid Me is freaking out. And then the other half of the songs were like, Jesus, fucking Christ, this guy needs help. <laughs> did you just say Jesus, fucking Christ? <clears throat> yes. That is how I'm going to say that from now on. <laughs> Thank you for influencing me. <laughs> Jesus, fucking Christ. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Uh anyway. <laughs> yeah. So because of the fact that that show was canceled, I didn't have tickets. My dad was here. 
and all of those things, including Scott Whalen's death and the eventual dis dissol dissolving of the Icarus line, I have not been able to see them. Yeah, goddamn shame. They were really great live when I saw them, and yeah, I ah, I'm bummed you never got to. Yeah, and and it really is unfortunate because you know I've seen just about everything else that I wanted to see. And this is definitely going to be one of those things when I'm in my 50s and there's a resurgence, kind of like, you know, with the Stooges. Um, and uh, people are talking about how great this band was and how they never really got a chance to begin with. And I'm going to be like, well, I never got to see them, so I'm going to have to see them on their 30-year reunion and tour. And they put out such a decent discography. I mean, what, besides Mono, I mean, let's not count Mono or Red, Red and Black Attack, like... Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's, there's five full lengths. Yeah, uh, no. Four. Yeah. All things under heaven. Well, slave battles. Uh, black lives. Yeah, wild soiree. Life. Wildlife. Yeah, five. Yeah, okay, five. I, I thought it said seven, but that was probably counting uh, red and black attack and mono. Um, yeah, and all of those are solid except for wildlife, which. Nah, you're wrong. I I listened to that today, and I like that album. I don't, really? I don't understand why you don't like it. I can understand why maybe you're like, it's my least favorite, but I, I have heard well, you say Well, I listened it. to it when it came out, and I was so excited for it, and it totally underperformed for me, and I was just like, Ugh. and I don't think I ever gave it another chance. I, I maybe listened to it a, a handful of times, and that was back when it came out in, what, 2009? So 10 years ago. Uh, I'll tell you what, when uh, We Sick Rules, came dude. Out, we Sick. Uh, all the little things in the the title track, wildlife. I, I oh, just, they, those are some of my, those are some of my favorite freaking Icarus lines. I didn't know that the Icarus line did a cover of all the small things. No, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, so the the thing that's interesting about this album is this one is the one that has actually stuck with me throughout all of that i mean i love penance i have talked about penance you know a lot for you know as much as you'll let me talk ab about things before being like we're off track you need to get back on subject um <laughs> <laughs> and uh so i love penance i love slave vows i actually um uh all things under heaven didn't uh or uh what is what is it called i think that's right all things under heaven okay uh sorry there's a there's a john krakauer book that is uh oh that's called under the manner of heaven which i always thought was very reminiscent yeah all things uh, under uh, heaven all things under heaven i need to give it another shot like it's one of those albums that i haven't given the uh the attention to that i've given everything else in this dis in this discography yeah for whatever I... reason I, I it's just one of those things where i think it's maybe because i don't know the icarus line for me was always one of those bands that it was like the beginning and the end of a night for me like i would yeah. always like pre-funk and be like getting ready to go out like listening this is one of the bands i would listen to and then you know for the eventual after party this would be something i would throw on because everybody's already foggy and nobody's gonna yeah. be you know yeah, I don't know. It just well, always set a mood that nobody would ever change if we were partying. Me, <laughs> me personally, I uh, never really got to turn this on around anybody else because of the fact that it, almost as soon as I did, it was shut the shit off. Um, 
I, almost every time that I would put music on around anybody, they'd be like, yeah, that's cool. But uh, yeah, I'm never going to listen to this again. Yeah. And I would throw it on in like a party setting. Like if, you know, if I was the one, you know, and this is all under the circumstances, if I was the one that was running the music that night or whatever, but um, I, this outside of a party setting, this wasn't a band that I shared with anybody. I think I've said that before on this podcast. Yeah, but yeah you did. Yeah, it's just well, one of those things that I was like, nah, I'd rather not deal with anybody not liking this because I feel so strongly about how fucking good this band is. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to argue. Like, yeah. And if yeah, you don't I like it, it, then fuck off. Like, I don't need you to like this band, too. <laughs> well, the, the, the thing, too, about, you know, me, since I moved here... Um, whenever I would end up in a party situation, it was just, I don't even want to bring up music or playing music for people because if people around here were so, um, they were so complacent in just taking out a boom box, putting on the pop station, which is uh Z 100 and then just playing that all night and listening to the same four fucking pop songs that they play over and over in a rotation if i if it if i haven't driven the point home people in this area of wisconsin are not known for their good musical taste although if you go downtown to a couple of the hipster bars they sure as fuck think that they do but i guarantee you they don't and just because bon iver comes from this area does not mean fucking shit <laughs> All right. Well, shit, man. I think we've uh, kind of covered it. I think we've shat on uh, Eau Claire, Wisconsin enough. Let's yeah. talk about this album. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's go ahead. and. <laughs> oh, man. You're the best, John. I, 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 I fucking love you. Oh, well, thank you. I love you, too. <laughs> Woo! You, you know, I was going to wait until after the show, but will, will, will you marry me? yeah oh shit <laughs> breaking news this is a i think it's a classic uh i think it's a marriage her, yeah this is this is a new thing all right cool um yeah now i'm just nervous i don't think i can go on <laughs> well we have to go on john we have to go no, on living oh oh please don't i'm just <laughs> okay. in it for the money <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do this. <laughs> By the way, speaking of money, um, I just want to thank anyone who is listening and uh, has uh, also heard my pleas to save my thumbs. Please keep telling people about this show. We love everyone who's listening. We love everyone who's spreading the word. Keep spreading the word. Eventually, my thumbs will be saved. <laughs> save John's thumb. <laughs> yeah. Keep doing that stupid joke, John. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, let's dig in and let's hear a little bit of the first track on Black Lives at the Golden Coast, uh, a number called Black Presence. Ah yes, black presence. I uh, I oh. 
was always i mean i i guess i'd never heard anyone say this again this is a problem with nobody talking to me about this band besides you i always thought it was black presents as in like you know hey here's the first song we are presenting this huh um i've never thought of yeah. it that way yeah i don't know and and now that you say it's black presents i am getting the the feeling it's like christmas presents you know yeah, kind of like yeah, like like dark, like evil presence. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe but, if uh, someone knows more than we do, maybe they can set us straight. Like shoot us an email <clears throat> or a tweet or something. Maybe if Travis Keller is out there listening and he's like, "Oh God, these guys are bringing up a part of my life," um, maybe he can set us straight on that record. Yeah, and then he'll ask us to never ask him questions like that ever again. Yeah, that would be great. I I would just love to talk to him. <laughs> but um, hey, I think to to say about this song, uh, shit, man, it's another mission statement. Ding, ding, ding. Take Hell a drink yeah. and another. I think it's a classic trope. The first track is a mission statement. I've said it again. <laughs> But no, this song right away, when the first time I heard this album, I, I knew, oh, we're in for something a little different than we were last time. There wasn't just the crazy, washed out, like, wall of noise guitars, like, things were a little more, um, to, to coin something I remember reading on Buddyhead about the Icarus line, and I don't know if they were making fun of something that was written about them or not, but it was like panic rock <laughs> brought to an art form. You know how I love those terms. Yeah, yeah. You you definitely love terms. <laughs> but uh I don't know, like uh it yeah, this was another mission statement song for me and I fucking love it. Like it's it's really kind of different than anything they'd done before right off the bat. It just feels like it 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 feels like this album to me. Like every time I hear it, I'm just like, Oh yes, here we go and I like I just I see the road ahead of me and I'm and I'm very happy to be on it. Yeah, it it um is definitely a great intro song. Um it says all that it needs to say and and like you said it is it it gives you a feeling that something different is about to happen, but it still retains the chaos that um that they were known for, but not maybe so much the washed out sound. I can't remember if it was this song or if it was another song later on down the the track listing. But I do know when and when this album came out, I was listening to it a lot, uh, just over and over again. Um, when our good friend Danny was um, staying with me for a few months around this time, uh, he came out of his room, or which is now my son's room. But uh, he came out of the room and he's like, are you listening to Marilyn Manson? And then that forever like tainted a little bit of joe's voice to me but still fucking love it it is great yeah well well i think we'll get to the track i i, I bet he was referring to later on i think i know exactly which one you're talking about but uh we'll get we'll get to that i think it's a little further down the line but yeah, yeah i don't know this song's great um it was one of the first ones they released on an ep i think it's a different version of the song it might be the same one because I always get confused with that Black Presents or Black Presence EP uh, with some of the weird teasers that they had for 
this album that I think were demos maybe recorded with people that aren't in the band anymore, like Don DeVore. Um, well, because the next has, song, I, I definitely remember hearing a different version of the next song on the album uh, at some point. But I never listen to the EP anymore. Like, <laughs> I just I, always I, listen I don't to this. I've album. Ever, I've never listened to the EP. I don't even think I was aware that it was a weird thing for me when it comes to EP. Sometimes I hear about them, especially like if a band hasn't released anything. And then all of a sudden, they, you know, you, they pop up with a few songs. But most of the time, I'm just, you know, out doing my thing, being a piece of trash, you know, <laughs> looking at the ladies and they're like, hey, stop doing that. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. And then I look down at my phone. and I'm like, oh, hey, there's a new album from a band I like. Cool. And then I, I listen to that. But everyone's like, yeah, we already knew that because they put out a teaser EP. They've been on tour for six months, John. Why aren't you paying attention? And I'm just like, I'm sorry. I. <laughs> You're like, because King Gizzard keeps putting out stuff and I can't keep up. <laughs> exactly. This, you know, this was before King Gizzard even formed and they had already put out 15 albums. Yeah. It was amazing. It was amazing. Yes. It was amazing. It was an amazing fetish. <laughs> I can't even do it. I can't even do it. I'm just going to laugh. People are going to be like, this is the show, huh? Just two <laughs> yahoos laughing over and over, saying "Fruitish." <laughs> I didn't uh, even listen to the episode where they brought up why it, <laughs> why fetish makes sense. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Well, shit. Um, enough about the uh, manic and sassy black presents or black presence, however your pronunciation may go. John, do you have anything else to say about this song? No, I, I I love it. It's good. It's a great start to the album. Mm hmm. I agree wholeheartedly. All right, let's move on to the next song, which is no doubt going to provide uh, some confusion as to how it's pronounced. But let's go phonetically here and uh, hear a little bit of fish and fever. I really like this song. And how do you pronounce it, John? Do you pronounce it Fishing Fever or Fashion Favor or Fishing Forever? How how do you <laughs> I pronounce it Fashion Favor. Fashion Favor. Yeah. I'm like, hey guys, have you ever heard that song Fashion Favor by the Icarus line? And they're like, how did you get in here? Get out. And I go, that's fair. <laughs> but yeah, I love this song. What do you what do you think about this song? It's it's another one of those. It's like it's almost like their little mission statement of this album's gonna be different continues for about four songs, I would say. Until yeah, it kind of settles into itself. That, that I was actually gonna say that too. It's it's almost like every song on here is kind of a mission statement. Um that actually caused a lot of uh, strife and turmoil between the guys. Uh, that was eventually why DeVore left, even though he was like the the last one from, you know, the, the previous Penance roster. Um, so, although, it, didn't Alvin 
Alvin's on this album. And and Jeff. The captain and Alvin are on this album. Alvin moved to bass. And yeah. Yeah. Jeff Watson was still in the band. Yeah. And Jeff Watson, can I just say real quick before we before I forget to, Jeff Watson's drumming on this album is one of my favorite parts of this album. And how do you feel about it as a drummer? I know this is a song that kind of doesn't showcase it as much, but I didn't want to, I kind of forgot to bring it up on the last track and because it's one of my favorite parts of the, the last song is his drumming. Oh, yeah, it. the frenetic beat on Black Presence or Black Presents or whatever. The frenetic drumming on that is what makes the song. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, you know, you just have Joe Cardamone's screaming like a maniac for no reason but that that kind of the frenetic offbeat is what really gives that song its thing and and i forgot to say something i don't know why the fuck that happened but it did um but no the captain's the the captain was called the captain for a reason i mean he's fucking phenomenal and he, he that's one of the things that that makes this band so great um is his drumming even though he he wasn't on slave vows or under the manner of heaven i don't think i don't believe um, so but uh he definitely was a force to be reckoned with and that is what gives black lives and penitentiary uh one of their most enduring qualities is the just the the shit beating fucking rhythms that he he came up with yeah um, he's just fantastic yeah and and you know even though the i mean there there is still something to be said about his drumming on this uh on this particular song uh fashion favor <laughs> um yeah but like you were saying this is this is a this is a mission statement as well i mean at this point they had not put out anything that was uh this melodic but still this insane and and unless i'm missing something from mono that i can't remember because it's been years like i lost my copy of that years ago and as we know it's not on any streaming services uh yeah. but is this the first song that had acoustic guitar in it from the icarus line no there was acoustic guitars in penance it's just not as prominent yeah I mean, maybe I in that one it. song that's right seasick or whatever yeah that one <laughs> yeah but this is definitely more this is the it's most more up front acoustic guitar has been yeah i think and, i think uh, maybe in seasick it was just kind of used to like strum along with a louder more prominent guitar yes then that's it but this is like it's actually driven by the acoustic guitar and more the drums honestly i would say but yeah, yeah, the song is God, just a really beautiful, just echo-filled fucking stomper. I yeah, really this definitely song. shows their their shoegaze influence. Yeah, um, they're you know they were all very heavily influenced by a lot of those kind of shoegazy fucking um, Spaceman Three. Um, although, I mean, I I don't know if I'd necessarily say Spaceman Three were shoegazy, but it you know there was obviously some influence in there um and uh uh spiritualized uh there's definitely a lot of spiritualized in this song yeah um it it seems that joe cardamone definitely had uh a lot of his uh arguments or or uh conflicts with the other songwriters in the band always came you know they they always ended up with joe winning and the other guy leaving 
Um, <laughs> and, and unfortunately, that's what happened at Don DeVore on this one. Uh, but I, I have a feeling a lot of songs in this um, in this style is probably what kind of drove the nail, you know, uh, or what, what's the saying? Um, drove the nail in the coffin. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm I'm glad. I mean, this song fucking rules. Right. Uh, and it still has that insane, you know, guitar wall sound that they were known for. It's not like it, you know, it's not like this is straight up pop. Even Joe Cardamone's attempt at straight up pop is still not straight up pop. He he doesn't do anything the way, you know, it normally would be done. Yeah, he and really, there's something unique. God. Like, there's definitely a stamp of Cardamone. I, I don't, I don't know that it, it's... That that dude leaves a stamp on the shit that he makes, and it's just it feels like nothing else. Like I can't compare this band to shit. Like I can point out what it's influenced by at certain points, but yeah, and them you can anything? say mm. even even with the band that they get compared to most, the Stooges, you still can't be like, oh, this sounds exactly like the Stooges because it fucking doesn't. <laughs> even even Aaron North when he was in you know Penance and was trying so fucking hard to be um ron ashton yes um he was trying so hard to be ron ashton and they still didn't sound exactly like anybody you know there there's there's influences you you can go oh hey definitely they were probably listening to some zeppelin when they came up with that riff but you you can't just go oh this band is a rip off of anybody else yeah yeah no not at all and uh yeah this song is one that sounds completely unique it's fantastic do you have anything else to say about fashion favor nope i i think we can move on from fashion favor well all right uh let's just keep going down here and get into the next track which is one of my favorite songs of all time and especially by this band let's hear a little bit of it's paid Oh, man, this song is something special, man. I fuck. This is seriously one of my favorite songs of all time. Like, well, OK, I have a question to ask you. Is yeah. it gets paid or is it gets paid? <laughs> yeah, let's keep. <laughs> I think you, I think you're right. Gets paid. OK, gets paid is a fantastic fucking song. This is it, it, like we were just talking about. It. I mean, this has stones like all over it but you can't just go well this is a copy of brown sugar it's not it, it but it has all of the i mean it has even more swagger and even more dirtiness to it like i mean joe cardamone in my opinion is the only one that can write a song this great about you know sex and and payments and and prostitution yeah it's this song is so much and it sounds so fun too. Like this song is. Uh, just... Yeah, it is. It, it's. I mean, when when I was growing up and I wanted to write rock and roll music, this was the kind of song that I wanted to write. This I, I would have 
I probably would have been like, okay, I can never pick up another instrument again because I wrote the greatest fucking rock and roll song of all time. Yeah, and this is this is the song that I feel like was just I don't know, not I, I doubt they were intentionally saying this to me. It was just like, see, see the fucking strokes, see how you can like kind of do that same thing and not be totally boring. Yeah, see. You see how it's you see how it is Julian Casablancas that the, the kid from Big, you see? Yeah. <laughs> was he actually in Big? Mm-mm. Oh. That was just a yeah. funny rumor. It's an old buddy head reference. No, no, I know that that they were a four car garage band. Uh, <laughs> four car garage band. <laughs> <laughs> the the thing is, is that you know some of those rumors turned out to be true, and most of them did not. So I wasn't <laughs> sure. I never. I think I read that, and I was like, I don't think that's true, but I don't have the time, or you know, well, most. It wasn't that I didn't have the time. I had a lot of time. Uh, <laughs> It was more that I was too lazy to look it up, so I didn't. Do you think uh, Gwyneth Paltrow uh, or Mono was really Gwyneth Paltrow's favorite album of that year? I I was <laughs> counting on it, actually. Oh, <laughs> uh, but gets paid. I don't know. There's not a lot to say about it. It's such a simplistic song, and all I just want to say is, it's great. It's great. It's yeah. an amazing song. Like, it's... You, you can't write anything better than this, most people out there. 99.99% of you. Like, yeah, <laughs> this is so good. Uh, you know, since we there isn't a lot to say and I've already just, you know, praised the shit out of this fucking song. I, I, I want to talk about the cover for a second. Um, How? Because I, I, it's one of my I, least favorite album covers of all time. Bless your handsome ass face, Joe Cordemone. Why? <laughs> Why well, this one? I love the wildlife I, cover. I love the, the video for We Sick. I have no and soiree cover i have no problem looking at you bud but i don't know yeah this this the cover of this album does not do this album justice at all well okay, okay. here's the thing that i do like about the cover what i like the fact that he looks so innocent i mean on penance array like it took me forever to realize that that was joe cardamo and that was his face that was his hair swinging you know it just looks so wild it could be and it's kind of like uh the cover of funhouse where you have to really look at it for a while before you you, you realize, realize all was... all four ben band members are in there yeah yeah it's yeah. just this fucking wild fucking photo you know this it, it's the same kind of quality that that made me kind of love the uh, cover for Ty uh, Tyler, the creator's, um, uh, I think it's Wolf, uh, where it's literally like a school picture of him. Okay. And it just looks so innocent. Um, oh, with kind of I like mean, the, I, uh, the, the fade in, the faded, like kind of second shot up in the corner. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, the, it just, it kind of reminds me of that. And, and I just kind of like how he looks innocent and it kind of looks like, you know, Hey, maybe this is a folk record. Maybe this is, you know, uh, an album full of, uh, you know, <laughs> just kind of happy songs or, you know, maybe, uh, maybe this is going to be a spiritual awakening. It, it's none of those. So it is very deceiving, but I, I just, deceiving? you know, Jesus fucking Christ, man. If you're going <laughs> to get on me about the way I pronounce everything, then I'm just going to quit. <laughs> it was a deceiving fetish. <laughs> I, I have a fetish for saying things incorrectly. <laughs> that was the worst Sean Connery impression I've ever heard. <laughs> I have a you know, fetish for... 
that sounded like peter griffin (laughs) like you know when he does the evil character or he's like the villain or whatever he's like okay um yeah anyway uh the cover of this album yeah but no i know what you're saying um there's something now i see it like before i i don't know it just always seemed out of place for me and I, i i love every other album cover that this band has like a lot like i i feel that's yeah. one thing they they've nailed kind of time after time even mono i liked that painting thought it was i thought it looked cool yeah and um now i see what you're saying yeah i'm looking at him right now and it's like yeah just this this innocent like la rocker guy and but there's just so much evil and darkness behind uh all the beauty on this album <laughs> yeah I I will say this, especially as we get into, uh, you know, the next few tracks, uh, there is almost no way that this album could have been released today. Like, it just, no, no way. Yeah, well, I'm not sure what you mean, but we'll uh, get into it. But uh, let's move on. Do you want to move on from Gets Paid? Um, well, I do want to say it's really cool. The music video for this is just them playing in a room looking really cool with an appearance from Annie Hardy of a uh, giant drag and her own solo career uh, in that yeah. video playing tambourine for him. And it's a, it's a different version of the song. They're actually playing a live version of it for the music video. So if you like the song, yeah. you should go check out that video. You get to hear another version of it. It's yep. pretty cool. I, I always really liked the video, although I have not watched it in a long time. Yeah. It's been a minute for me as well. So, but, um, yeah, let's, uh, move on to the next track uh another one of my absolute favorite songs by this band and uh let's hear a little bit of slayer slayer Ah, this band or this song is just absolutely another surprise, another mission statement. Like I was saying earlier, the first few songs of this album just kind of feel that way. And ah, it was cool to hear the Icarus line do something they've never really done before. And this almost just sonic beauty of a ballad is just a fucking classic to me. Like, and <laughs> to reference the uh, title of the podcast, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I the thing that I've always found interesting about this song is that it's called Slayer and it definitely doesn't it, it does not um the music does not bring the images that the title of it conjures up. Yeah, whether it be the um, band or um a murderer. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the I know at this time um I mean, it would. When, you'd when, have a better time comparing it to maybe Santa Claus than either of those things. Slayer, yeah. am I right? Well, at the time, you know, uh, especially you know, the the uh, when just, Buddyhead would. Real quick, I just want to say I didn't think that was a good joke. People, John didn't call me out for how shitty that Santa joke was, <laughs> and I just want to call attention to it before we go further anymore. I didn't think that was good. I. I just wanted to say I was, it. I was hoping you'd react to it and you didn't. 
I was trying to laugh and move on so we could continue <laughs> talking. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't have to be even more disappointed in you than I usually am. <laughs> uh, but OK, Buddyhead, go back. Buddyhead, Slayer. Uh, whenever they would talk you know about like uh the the a lot of things that were thrown around on the website at that time were like slay and mass gash um it, it usually slayer slaying sl you know slaying something it always referred to fucking well and don't don't forget that buddyhead was also the the website that coined slaying and i remember oh, yeah, doing yeah, that also, to people all around town and for pe was, people who you know, are unfamiliar with some fun yeah, for people who are unfamiliar with what slayering is, it's uh, something that uh, I believe Travis Keller, it was a Travis Keller article, because I remember him being the picture of somebody yelling out of a car <laughs> in the article. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. you would you just drive by and um, you would uh, yell, Slayer! at people. Like, Slayer! <laughs> at people as you're driving by to scare the shit out of them. And uh, yeah, you could, you could also... Coin in other bands, but the thing with Slayer is that it's a perfect two syllables. So if you had more than that, you'd have to say like Judas fucking priest or like Mega fucking death. So, yeah, yeah, those are the kind of real quick, easy rundown rules of Slayering. So when this song appeared on a band that was kind of from you know the the buddy head side of things, that's immediately what I thought of when I saw that there was a track called Slayer. No, I I I mean. I immediately thought of this. I mean, because that's kind of what the song is about. I mean, it's just it's it's it always conjured up images of fucking in my my head. Right. Um. Although, I mean, it's not like outwardly like, you know, I was fucking this person and I was fucking this person. But, you know, it, it kind of. I think it's uh, what kind of like the tale of of you know, people going on an adventure together and, you know, I don't know, probably slaying a lot of gash. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I think it's a pretty <laughs> sexy sounding song. It it's, is. It, is a it sounds to me song. like, I don't know, like almost like the Icarus, line, <laughs> the Icarus lines version of faithfully like a, yeah. a, a road relationship song. Well, actually, uh, my, <laughs> My um, my feeling about that comes later. Uh, my my comparison to journeys, uh, faithfully comes later. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. Um, so, but, but yeah, yeah I, I I just wanted to say slang gash because nobody ever says that anymore, and I always <laughs> thought that was one of the best fucking phrases that the the Buddyhead website had come up with. <laughs> Good lord. Uh. <laughs> And uh, yeah, this song, another cool music video, another appearance from Annie Hardy and most of the. What's that? Isn't this the one where he's riding around in the car, like the back of a limo or whatever? Yeah, yeah, this is a good video. Yeah, and various members of the band popping in and out. Yeah, yeah, it's. I, I think it's 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 pretty damn cool video. Also, this reminds me of my. The last like trip that uh, my family took as a family uh, with me, my dad, and my sister down to uh, California, and pretty much from Seattle to LA, my sister was asleep. And so every time 
that uh, I hear the, the words, you know, wake me up when we're in California. It always reminds me of uh, trying to wake my sister up and be like, it, we were, we were going to play a joke on her because the original trip was supposed to be to like Iowa. And then my dad like came up with the idea, let's go to Disneyland, but let's also not tell your sister. And I was like, dad, that's a great fucking, that'd be a great prank where, you know, she's like, yeah, you know, why did we go to Iowa? You know, I was kind of boring, but then we're like, yeah, we're in LA and we're going to go to Disneyland. But she didn't even notice. She was asleep the whole time. So <laughs> we had to wake her up when we were in California. <laughs> Anything else you want to say about Slayer? Um, not really. Yeah. Let's, uh, Move on to the next song and hear a little bit of a uh, sick bitch. Oh man, this song is perfectly placed and well needed exactly where it was. Like a nice under two minute, just fucking rocker. Just yeah. After after a couple of uh, you know, you know, there there was a pretty song, and then there's a you know, it's it's a good like laid back fucking rocker, and then you know, Slayer, which is like probably one of the prettiest songs they've ever written. Right. It's nice that they came in. I mean, this I I was thinking about this as we were you know doing. As I was doing the listening, the research for the album, this is probably one of their best sequenced albums. Like, it it just it has a flow, and that flow fucking it rules. Yeah, you know, I always I, for the longest time I considered the the penance soiree flow of tracks to be pretty perfect, but this one nails it even harder. Yeah, I, you know, I honestly have to say that this is probably my favorite album that. I, 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 you know, it, I, I probably will go back on that at some point, but this is the one that I've always listened to the most. This is the one that has all of my favorite songs on. Um, this is the one that I know the best. Yeah, I just have such a connection with Penance Soiree. I think, like, I want to say Penance is my favorite, but it is this one for me, too. <laughs> yeah, it. it and when you said, you know, you don't want to, you know, when I said, you know, let's, let's do uh, Black Lives and you were like, well, you don't want to do penance. And I was like, we can do that later. But I mean, this one, it always comes back to this one. Right. It's pretty fantastic. Uh, um, yeah. And this song rules. I mean, there's not too much to say about it. It's just a, yeah, it's a, it's a well, killer kicking, just fucking noisy rocker just really manic yeah, this is just a badass and... and uh i i'd like to get this girl some soup you know maybe she'll feel better yeah did he ever think about that i i don't i don't think that that anyone ever thinks about getting this bitch some soup so she will stop being so sick <laughs> God. Uh, you're the but I, I i mean as i was talking about you know earlier with things that i don't think that he would have gotten away with today i calling a song sick bitch to begin with probably doesn't mesh too well in our um you know our, our modern time um, yeah i don't know i feel like some stuff gets a pass because he's not i don't know he's you're you're you're, you're not wrong necessarily but the icarus line are a band respect like that in people who knew about them and or whatever like 
respected in an artsy sense, you know? Well, and, and, and th- this is the thing that I, another thing I love about the Icarus line, there, there's nothing, I don't think that there's anything, um, they, they were just dripping with rock and roll. This is one of the last really true rock and roll band um, that just didn't give a fuck. And they, even in um, the movie, they touch on um, the movie, the Icarus line must die. They touch on a part where uh, he's kind of avoiding the cures. Uh, I mean, not not the cure, uh, but the Colts uh, manager. And when someone asks him why he doesn't want to talk to the Colts manager, he said, well, we played a show when we got back to Hollywood. We played a show opening for the Colts, and people were starting to yell things at us and, and whatever. So I just said, fuck it. Let's just unleash on them. And we did for 45 minutes. Um, you know, they, they were just a band that was just not to be trifled with and you know as i've gotten older i've gotten more mature on certain things and there's certain things that you know i'm not so much about fuck the band anymore and you know i have a kid so i have to be like go to work go to school pay your bills all that stuff i've, I've just become a little bit more mature and and a lot of these things and how i feel about them but it is also nice to go you know live vicariously and and think about you know how I would have gone about these things had I still been allowed to just be 22 and fucking drunk all the time. <laughs> um, so this is the kind of thing that, that I do appreciate about them and I do love about them. Um, this is what rock and roll is all about. Yeah. And, I don't think a band I, gave I, less fucks. Yeah. Like seriously. Really, they didn't. <laughs> like and, it's and, so I mean, that, refreshing and great. <laughs> That that's what I mean. Eventually tore them apart, but right. Um, yeah, even at this time, I don't think there was a band that gave less fucks than than these guys did. And and you're right, it was refreshing. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Well, shit, man, you want to move on to the next track? Yes, let's do that. All right, let's do that. Let's hear a little bit of Amber Alert. Yeah, here's another song that totally rules. Yes, that is correct. This song does rule. Oh my god. Yeah, it just yeah, I think this is the song that Danny might have was, you know, you were talking about earlier about how he was asking, Are you listening to Marilyn Manson? when uh this was on, and I, I think it might have been this song that made him think that. Yeah, I, I, I actually after you uh said that song's coming down to the, the pipeline, I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, into the um, woods. <laughs> now, this is another song that uh, I don't think could have been released today. Uh, although, here, here's something that was interesting. Um, I've never re- really been able to look at the lyrics because I never actually owned a hard copy of this album. Right. Um, and I don't know if the, the artwork included that anyway. But... Um, I uh, uh, so I I've never quite been able to tell exactly what the song was about. I've just you know taken bits and pieces and my interpretations of it. Um, and I noticed you know looking through, uh, I was thinking, oh, you know, I never really needed to you know like had a need to know the lyrics. Maybe I'll check uh, iTunes 
and their new feature that you know plays the lyrics with the song and and you know as they're being sung and blah 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 well the lyrics aren't available on the digital copy either so um i went and searched for them on uh google you know like most people do and i couldn't find them there either but what i did find uh, cause I was thinking, uh, Amazon music also has a feature and I also have Amazon music with the lyrics. I was thinking I would go search for the uh, song on there see if their lyrics, you know, or they had lyrics for the song. Um, what I found, uh, cause like I was saying, I didn't think that in today's uh, day and age that, uh, anyone would even dare naming a song Amber Alert because of all the connotations that that could, uh, bring forth in, um, you know people's uh feelings and whatever i was shocked to find out of like 35 songs that the icarus lines amber alert wasn't even a part of the first search that i did <laughs> i was just amazed one of the things when there, there was some song by uh some like female trap rapper kind of person um and I, I did kind of find it a little offensive that she said something like the, the line in the song was like, I'm alert like an amber. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, the other thing that I found hilarious, and I had to listen to it almost immediately, is that the Insane Clown Posse has uh -oh. a song called Amber Alert. Uh -oh. And uh, spoiler alert, it was not good. <laughs> now, I mean, don't kudos I have to say kudos to them for not making it just a rape song because that's what I thought as soon as well, I Well they I don't do like, oh. that. I mean in their defense, <laughs> they don't write songs about, you know. Well, I was just I was thinking that, you know, in I mean because there have there have been songs that people have played for me where it came close, you know. <laughs> um some of the things that, you know, there 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 has been some very uh very uh, unadvised line. Yeah, but song. we're talking about a, another I, I group. Let's let's not get what? too into the the how insane clown posse were. But. <laughs> yeah, well, I I just I just wanted to say that I mean it was a song about you know takes chill or lets children get taken and whatever. Huh. It, it, it was weird, but whatever. I just thought that that was funny that. Um, I came across that situation. Now back to the song. Back to the song. Yeah, man, this is just like a sleazy, creeping masterpiece. Like I just, I really enjoy this song and how it just oh, explodes yeah, at my... the end, which is the part of the sample that I played more towards the end of the song. And ah, uh, it's a howler. This is dude. one of my favorite all-time songs. Um. Oh yeah, and 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 the way that he, especially the way that he sings it, you know, dark and creepy in the beginning, which was reminiscent of a, uh, you know, like a thing that Manson would do. But the the wails towards the end, I mean, God, that gives me shivers every fucking time I hear it. Um, another good. Uh, this is another good example of how they took influences but didn't ultimately just copy them or rip them off this uh when i first heard this song it reminded me of a jane's addiction song called ted just admit it okay i don't know how familiar you are with jane's addiction not much oh okay but uh yeah the, this this song kind of has that same flow and it, it 
uses some of those dub um, um, delays that Ted just admitted use. But again, they still are two different songs and, you know, nothing but compliments to Joe Cardamone and the boys in the Icarus line for being able to wear their influences on their sleeve without actually fucking ripping anybody off. Right on. Yeah. That's badass. I like the yeah. way you, I like the way you put that very well said. Thank you. Um, do you have anything else to say about Amber alert? Uh, just, uh, Hey, do you have Amber's? I'd like to get a hold of her. Good lord. All right, let's move on to the next song. The Chidal the the Track. It's the Chidal Track. The Chidal Track. It, hey, is it pronounced Chidal Track or is it pronounced Tridal Trackle? Yeah, I think it's uh, Chidal. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's hear a little bit of the title track Black Lives at the Golden Coast. Oh, this song rules. It I keep on saying that about every song on this album and I probably will, but this song rules. It's this, just yeah. such a fun rager of a title track. I uh I once played this for someone when they were talking about God, it was some piece of shit band like Pop Evil or Buck Cherry or something. And I was like, no, no, nobody does rock and roll better than than the Icarus line. And I played her Black Lives at the Golden Coast, and I was like I mean, this song fucking rips. I mean, it's at the same time sexy as drug-fueled. It's, I mean, everything, this is a culmination of everything that they must have been feeling while they were recording this album. Yeah, I I kind of wrote in my notes here that uh, this is Cocaine, the song. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, yeah, there's, there's, this is, you can't say anything that isn't doesn't involve the fact that this is very drug influenced. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and I I don't know this song just rules. This is one of those party songs that just doesn't quit. Like I I, I, I it's only three minutes and thirteen seconds long, but like it just I don't know. I could chant "We ain't never going to sleep for fucking ever." Yeah. No, it's, uh... <laughs> It's one of the things that I really wish I would have seen them live. I mean, this song, I probably could have walked outside and been like fallen into a coma and, and just been happy for the rest of my life, you know, like, just because <laughs> I see this song performed live. Right, right. And uh, yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say about it. Do you? I mean, the song just rolls. And uh, well, I while know. I was searching, doing the research for this song, I came up uh, upon another insane clown policy song that was called Black Lives at the Golden Coast. And uh, no, I didn't. So <laughs> we can go on to the next one. God damn it. You honestly had me going there. I was like, really? <laughs> yeah. They, uh, you, you wouldn't believe this, too, but they also have a song called Frankfurt Smile. <laughs> Wait, if you line up all the fourth letters in the album, it spells Juggalo for life? What? <laughs> It turns out that Joe Cardamone was actually Violent J for a while. Juggalo Joe. Oh, my God. <laughs> it all makes sense now. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Uh, if that guy ever sees me, he's going to kick my ass. 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. The whole time. (laughs) All right. uh, Let's move on to the next song, and we will hear a little bit of Frankfurt Smile. Um, it, you know, I got to admit, when this uh, album first came out, this was the one song that didn't really grab on to me. But in recent years, I've realized, holy crap, this is an amazing song. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, I, 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 I feel you on that one. It's not one that took a hold of me to begin with. Uh, but it definitely, I, I can say nowadays, fucking amazing song. Yeah, this is like um, this to me. It sounds like what uh, Los Angeles vampires would listen to. <laughs> yeah, I, I I get that. The the in uh, continuing the the rock and roll theme of this probably being too much for some people. Um, the the themes of jealousy and and paranoia and rage um, that I think you know need to be expressed sometime. Uh, or express you say rage yeah okay no sorry the last part of what you said just kind of cut out i just wanted to be, oh just okay. wanted I, to... I thought you were like this no, song it was... is not rageful no i'm just i'm yeah it's for your sake trust me it sounded weird there for a second <laughs> about oh. the about the things that must be expressed i was like i need to make sure he said rage i know he did but let's make sure the audience knows <laughs> i i yeah i definitely did not say anything that started with an ra that uh could be taken in, you know, saying good things about the song possibly being about that. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> anyway, so rage, uh, you know, and, and hurt, paranoia. Um, I, I think everyone is, has been there in their life. Um, yeah, this one's John the song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that was, they, they were like, should we call this Frank's? Frankfurt smile, or should we call this uh, John Brummer's daily life? And then uh, you know the other guy, uh, I don't know who that is. And uh, Joe Cardamone's like, yeah, I don't either. So I don't know why we're having a conversation. Um, <laughs> but anyway, the 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 thing about this song is that every single time I did you ever watch uh, the Whitest Kids You Know? Um, yes. Did you ever see the the skit where um, the chubbier one he busts down the door of uh, the taller one, um, Tra- Travis, uh, whatever, um, and he's like, "Were you, did you date my girlfriend when you were in high school?" And he's like, "Yeah." And then he chases him around the apartment. Did you ever see that? No. Well, there's a part where he's like, you know, the 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 other guy gets the chubby dude to get you know to calm down, and the chubby guy goes, "Well, when when you guys were dating, did?" did you guys do kissing? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, we kind of did a little bit more than that. And he's like, what? And then he chases him around again. But every time I hear this song, it always reminds me of, did, did you, did you guys do kissing? <laughs> uh, so, <awesome>. yeah. <laughs> but I, I love the song. It, you know, it, it, it hones in on all of those emotions. Perfectly. And and it doesn't do it in a way that's like really disgusting or anything, but you know, just you feel it, you know. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah, and um, there's a cool live performance of this. I don't know. Seems like it was recorded at some like TV station or internet channel thing in like 2007 or whatever. But um, it had to have been 2005 or six because yeah, because Aaron I, North I, and I Don DeVore are still in the band. Yeah, well, I, as I keep saying, Don DeVore was in the band until the end of this recording of this album, so that makes sense. Well, whatever, John. <laughs> you keep saying that, like, why was Don DeVore on the... And I'm like, because he was still in the fucking band. Yeah, I just always just think of, like, even though he was part of this album, I just always think of him not being part of the whole thing, so... Well, the, the weirdest thing about it is that Aaron North is in this performance because at this point, Aaron North had exited. And, and actually, um, when, when Aaron North exited after the Penance Soiree uh, tours, Buddy had kind of cut all ties. Right around this time, Joe was out without the Buddy head. Yeah, it was, we could, that's a whole other subject for another podcast. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, I mean, really. But, you know, it, it's all kind of intertwined. A lot of my enjoyment of the Icarus line comes from you know, my love for Buddyhead. Um, so yeah, it it all it, I think it makes sense to me to to you know talk about it. But you're right there. We could do a whole another fucking episode just on the Buddyheads, the Buddyhead drama. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. The song rules. Uh, do you have anything else to say about it? No, I I don't. Hell yeah. All right, let's uh, move on to the next track and hear a little bit of the beautiful Victory Garden. I hella dig this song, and um, to me it's always sounded like, hey, holy shit, the Icarus Line wrote a very, very good U2 song. <laughs> that That's, uh, see, this is the one I was thinking is more of their faithfully. This is, I, when I first heard this, I did not like it. I was like, what the fuck is this pussy shit? And in <laughs> recent years, really, th this is, I mean, this has become probably my favorite song on the album. It is amazing to me that they wrote like a, a beautiful love song. Would you call it a ballad? Um, yeah, I mean, in in their own way, yeah. Yeah, as close as this band would get to one, I guess. Exactly, and and I mean, it is so odd that you know something so beautiful came from something so raucous and and insane. Yeah, for sure, for sure. The other thing I, I do, I love the line. Um, it's got the cell, but where's the soul? Mm -hmm. That line has always stuck out to me. Yeah, um, I mean, Joe Cordemont's a masterful lyric writer. Like, I just absolutely love the, the imagery that he conjures with uh, the words that he uses for all these songs. Oh, yeah. And, oh, it's oh just no, so 100%, of, I agree. It's just such a nihilistic attitude, but along with the nihilism there's like a lot of love somehow also yeah. this this capability for pure evil that 
comes off of this guy. I don't know why. I don't think you're an evil guy, Joe Cordamone, but you do a good goddamn job of coming across that way, and I love it. Yeah, no, it it it. That's what rock and roll is all about. You. Know? But uh, I will say um, that that line, you know, it's got the cell, but where's the soul? Reminds me of one of my favorite things that Travis Keller ever said or or wrote on in Buddyhead, and um, it was about the whole thing, uh, or maybe it was an in, in an interview that he did. I I can't remember, but it was about the whole controversy between them and and Marilyn Manson, and why he started writing about how much of a poser he thought Manson was, and um, it it had to do with some night that they were. Somehow he ended up at Manson's house. Uh, Manson was looking for drugs and someone thought that Travis Keller could get them. And he showed up and he was like, yeah, I can't. But they were hanging out. So Travis tried to put on some records because, you know, that that's what these guys do. I mean, I think that had we grown up in L.A., we probably would have immediately gravitated towards these guys because I don't know anybody else who's just that serious about music. Right, right. But, um... I guess he was playing something and Manson came in and he's like, who the fuck's this? And uh, Travis says, you know, it's Led Zeppelin. And they're like, oh, yeah, I don't really listen to them. And he couldn't like, he couldn't hold a conversation that wasn't about drugs. He couldn't hold a conversation that was about music, even though Manson's supposed to be this, you know, music is my life kind of fucking person. Um, and Travis goes, yeah, that's what I realized. He's such a fucking poser. And I was like, yeah. I well, I kind of had realized this a long time ago, right. but um, for anyone paying attention, Manson's a poser, <laughs> <laughs> and and nobody else, you know, like that's why the he says something along the lines of "This is my life, music is my life," and and that's what always, rem, you know, it, it conjures up these images in my head every time he says, "Where's it's got the cell, but where's the soul." And that's one of my favorite things about this band is they always had the fucking soul. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Totally. That's that's a great introspection there, John. All right. Um, I just I don't have anything else to say about this song. You want to move on to the next? Sure. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and hear a little bit of Committed to Extinction. Yeah, God, this song is a rager, and this one for me is a kind of the only thing that on this album or Pennant Soiree that feels like it could per fit perfectly in the mono era of the Icarus line. Yeah, that's true, and not uh, in a bad way. Not in a bad way. Like this sounds no. like a much more like refined version of that version of the band. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. the The one thing that I definitely have to say about this is the sequencing works perfectly between victory gardens and into extinction. Yes. Um, having just this beautiful song that's, you know, probably the only love song, real love song that they ever wrote going into just this fucking rager 
uh, right back into, you know, we're, we're going to fucking tear your brains out. And this song does. It, it's, it's a ripper. Yeah, it's fantastic. And the captain is just going off on the drums in this one. I just love it oh, so yeah. much. And it kind of reminds me of the Jesus Lizard a little bit. It has that kind of yeah. Jesus Lizard bass line to it. And ah, it, yeah, man, God, it rules. It's great. It's a, it's a great song. Yeah, it's a great song. I, I like to, I, I, um, I get out my fetish equipment for this. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, I don't know. I don't have a lot to say about this one either. It's just a killer rockin' fucking jam bro yeah it's like you know hey if you want to rock out you put on committed to extinction whoa hey brother is that freedom rock no it's the icarus (laughs) line brother yeah hey guys like stuff and and things you know like hell yeah now that's what i call music the icarus line committed to extinction (laughs) uh if only we lived in a world where that was the Oh, that would have been great. Uh, you know, maybe I would have bought one of those. Now this is music. You know, there's like seventy fucking four of those. I you don't. I don't care. Who <laughs> keeps putting them out? Why? Uh, it's music for people I, I who don't like music that much. Just, yeah, it, that's true. It needs to exist so we keep all the chuds out of the stuff we like to sound like exactly. a total hipster. So we can go to the shows and we don't have to, you know, get bumped in line by someone who's like. Yeah, I heard this song right after the Justin Bieber one yeah. and right before the uh, Ariana Grande song. You know, I love these. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's move on to the second to last track uh, and hear a little bit of Golden Rush. Um, this song, it, it just reminds, the, the, the guitar in this song is just like, uh, I, how, how do I say it? It's just you. It's just, it makes me think of like, yep, this is John's shit. Like just the <laughs> really manic fucking just, ah, I, ah, I, I, I'm having a hard time with words because I just think this song is just fucking messy, sassy and ass shaking and uh, uh, all things good about rock and roll. So how do you feel uh, about it? I I love this song. There was times when you know the the beginning kind of turned me off in the beginning. Um, well, the beginning of the song turned me off when I first heard it. Uh, but when he starts fucking wailing, th- I mean, this is like I don't know. It's like Zeppelin, but more drugged out. You know, like it, I guess that's the best way I can put. It. Yeah. I gotcha. No, I, I see uh, what you mean. Like, maybe as close as you can get the Zeppelin to the Stooges. It, this song is super bluesy. It's so frenetic. It's, you know, out of control, and uh, it rips your face off. It's a face ripper. Yeah, the rip, I mean, I hate, you know, I, I do it all the time, even though I always preface it with, like, I hate saying things like this, but... Uh, <laughs> it, it, Wait, you're going to guitar- say this is space rock? I, it, fuck off. It's it's clearly bone rock. Oh yeah, I'm a bone rocker. I should know this. <laughs> oh no, but um, uh, to to put it cheaply, it's like if Slash was playing playing guitar for the Stooges. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's just 
it, ah, I yeah, the song's bombastic and rad, and it's I just love it a bunch. It's a good time. It is indeed. And you know what else is a good time, John? What? The next song, the last song on oh, this album, the epic the last song closer. Yeah, uh, yeah, fucking kingdom. Let's hear a little bit of this epic eight-minute closer. Oh, this song rules, dude. I the, the thing that I love the most about this band is that every time I listen to one of their albums, like I just they don't waste a single second of your time. Like they they close with this 8-minute rock and roll song and it just it's perfect. It's so goddamn good, man. Well, first of all, I have to ask, is it pronounced Kingdom or Kingdom? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> No, it's Kin G Dom. Oh, okay. Kin G Dom. <laughs> oh, uh, well, let's not go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, pretty soon, our podcast is going to be one that cannot be listened to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, the song to me, and uh, it sounds like, I don't know if the Stooges came from uh, Las Vegas instead of uh, Detroit with that, you know, just raging saxophone in there. And oh, yeah, it, this. I mean, okay, so I don't really ever listen to L.A. Blues. Um, yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much just kind of noisy and, and it's Iggy screaming and, and just a sax solo, you know, played out of key and, and, and whatever. Yeah, and I, and I get it. They were like, you know, a psychedelic rock band. You know, that's what they like to refer to themselves as. And so I kind of get that. Yeah, why that's yeah, I mean, in there. It, it fits it fits in the, the context of the album and, and it's a nice freak out, but Kingdom is what you do when you've got people who can take that energy and then focus it into an eight minute fucking opus. Yeah. It's it's so perfect. Everything in this song is so perfect. Like Yeah. Uh, I mean the way that it, it just kind of like it it kind of brings you in. It kind of eases you in, and then it just melts your face. This is a face melter. Yeah. yeah. Like, this album does a lot to people's faces. Like, after the first time I, I listened to it, I didn't have a face for about three months, and uh, I wasn't allowed to go to work, which uh, actually left me homeless. And uh, after a lot of prostitution, I've actually worked my way back up to getting back into a place. And, uh, you know, my, my son will never be proud to call me dad, but uh, I did what I had to do. All because this album fucking ripped my face off. See, all I did was switch mine with Nicolas Cage's. It was pretty awesome. I made that guy look fucking crazy for a few years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh... Yeah. But I don't know, Kingdom, I mean, this is how you end an album. And it's one of those things that um, hasn't eased up on this podcast. I mean, with maybe the exception of the Ramones album, but that's just a different type of album, so I'm not going to hold it against it. But the epic closers have seemed to be a common theme running throughout these albums that we keep on bringing up. And I, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of becoming a thing that I feel that both of us are almost 
saying is semi-essential to a classic record. I don't want to make rules, but it, it's kind of weird how this has been a thing. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I don't even think this is something we've done intentionally. Uh, right. It's just happened. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I like the way this is going. Um, and it is kind of cool also because the the album previous to this by the Icarus Line Pennant Soiree ended with uh, the antithesis of an epic closer. An amazing song, nonetheless, that I love so much. Party the baby off, but oh yeah, that's that. That was one of my uh, favorite songs of all time as well. Yeah, like, it's it's fantastic. But yeah, it's kind of the antithesis of what's going on here, and I couldn't be happier that this album closes the way it does. I'm glad they didn't just do a penance soiree, too, as much as I probably would have been happy with that if they had. You know, I kind of, I kind of, I'd like to, I wish that I, I'm just going to keep, you know, wasting time by saying I like and I wish and I... And, Anyway, I wish that we could talk to Joe Cardamone and ask him if Black Lives at the Golden Coast was actually supposed to be the last song in the original sequencing, or if that was ever discussed at some point. Hmm. Because, you know, following trends, that you would think that's the one that would go at the end. Yeah. Uh, why? Uh, because of what they did on Penance. How so? So... With, with party the baby off oh having the party song be the last track yeah okay i see sorry yeah I, I, <laughs> I lost you, know, you there you're the one who brought this up and uh i was furthering your point and, and kind of wondering if that wasn't the original intention but then you know someone got smart and was like oh no let's put the magnum opus at the end and no, i was uh, trying to break down the track listing and kind of look at it like a, a vinyl listing Whereas, like, maybe uh, Amber Alert was the last song on side A, and then Black Lives at the Golden Coast opens up side B. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that would, I mean, this is, like I said, a perfectly sequenced album, and that would definitely make the most sense, because it, it, it's about usually six songs per side. Yeah. Um, And uh, actually, I have a feeling, though, that Black Lives would end up ending the uh, first side. Because of the length of Kingdom. It's possible. It looks like it could go either way, the way I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Just because Golden Russian committed to extinction are only like two and a half minutes long. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I didn't think. But whatever. Sometimes I am amazed at how much they can fit on an album. They don't fit onto albums. But <laughs> from what I, well, what I've, everything that I know about vinyl, the, essentially the less you have, the more quality the music is. Yeah, well, it's all down to like the space that's available. Like the more space you have to drag that needle along, like the more you can fit in a higher quality sound. Is that is that the something? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You know, I don't fucking know. <laughs> you know, we're we're both coming off like a couple of posers. Right yeah, it was now. funny there. I was like gonna try to sound smart for a second, but then you realize I just backed off real quick. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm speaking out of my league here. What the fuck am I talking yeah. about? Hey, at least I can admit it, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, if you don't admit it, then I will make sure. Nothing. So nothing's worse than the time I was recently where I was talking to my uh, buddy Zach and realized how little I knew about the moon. But I was talking very fully, like I knew a lot about <laughs> the moon, and what he disproved <laughs> was a very simple thing to disprove. And I was like, Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm done. 
that's such a weird like thing to be like i know a lot about this and then well, it was more i said something so confidently that was completely wrong and he was just like uh yeah no no <laughs> and i was just like huh so yeah i guess the moon's not made out of cheese okay <laughs> i i could just uh, i could just see you be like yeah dude like i know that the moon's made out of cheese and there's nothing you can say <laughs> or show me that will uh, prove that I am wrong. And then he's just like, yeah, the moon's not me. And you're like, shit, you got me. <laughs> no, I, I don't even want to go into it. Let's just say I was corrected and I'm more educated for it. Um, That's good. Shit, do you have anything else to say about Black Lives at the Golden Coast? Um, we kind of got off track talking about Kingdom there. Um, I, I, I I'm no? kind of don't have much else to say about this amazing, fantastic album that I can't thank you for more for bringing up on this podcast. Yeah, no, I, I have nothing else to say. I uh, We have done our jobs well, and uh, we should take off to the moon! Woo! <laughs> oh, God. All right, so, John, um, I have not yes. told you yet what the next album we're going to do is. You have not. No, and funny enough, it's one that I knew would get brought up on today's podcast. Do you think you yeah. can guess? Is it um uh is it Insane Clown Posse's first album? All right, podcast's over. Just fucking, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> fucking done. You know, done. there's people, <laughs> there's people that are gonna be like, hey, I heard they were talking about Juggalo Joe on this episode. Maybe these guys really love the Insane Clown Posse. We should listen to it. And at the end, they're gonna be like, oh, we're gonna burn their fucking houses down. Yeah, like they weren't down with the clown, and that made me frown. Yeah, whoop whoop. <laughs> but no, seriously, take a stab at it. What's the next album uh, gonna be, John? Do you think you can is get it? Pen and Soiree? Nope. One uh, more guess. Is it uh shit? I forgot what else we were talking about. I I brought up nothing shocking by Jane's Addiction, but nope. that's not it. Nope. And that was your second guess. Next time we talk about an album, we are gonna be bringing to the table the rock and roll classic, The Stooges. On the house. Oh, okay. How pissed yeah. would you would have been if I said the weirdness? <laughs> I would have been like, well, I've never listened to that, so huh. I pull up I to I'm the ATM. To no, thank you. <laughs> I, I think I listened to like two tracks on that. And I was like, oh no, this is not good. Oh, I bought it. And yeah, I, I know you bought it. Yeah, well, I was thinking, how I could mean, this go wrong? It was definitely a lesson. I was like, New Stooges, produced by Steve Albini. Count me in. Like, how yeah. could... No. No. Uh, oh, well. well. At least Ron Ashton got we, to have a little fun before he passed. Bless his heart. When we saw them live, didn't they... They did, like, a couple of songs off that album, didn't they? Not when I saw them with you. They definitely oh. did when I saw them touring for that album the next time. They, uh, what, Dead Rock Stars wasn't on that album? Or was that on the, the Skull Ring? I don't know. I don't know. It, I remember hearing it live and being like, oh, uh, whatever this is, is it's okay. Hmm. And I kind of got excited for when I heard about the weirdness. And uh, then I got immediately not excited when I heard what was on the weirdness. So... Yeah, I'm glad that you chose Funhouse, and excuse me while I go to the moon! 
<laughs> well, all right, everybody. John's off to the moon, so I guess we'll end it there. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, I've been Tannis. From me, from John, I want to bid you all a goodbye. Goodbye. All right, we did it.